that's uh, over Honduras, southern Honduras at this time. And um, that system is expected to just kind of gradually and ever so slowly lift north into the uh, western Caribbean, head up towards the western half of Cuba uh, by this weekend. And uh, right now, the National Hurricane Center has it tracking across Cuba into the Florida Straits over Key West uh, and basically be just southwest of Naples, Florida by uh, noon on Monday. So, uh, and, and, you know, from, from, from that uh, time frame, I've looked at a bunch of models, and it looks like that storm's just going to kind of meander over the Gulf of Mexico, really, for the foreseeable future. And uh, I'm not so sure we, we really see any uh, even leftover rain down the road from it. A lot of times, these storms, uh, when they move up into the Gulf of Mexico, eventually their moisture gets drawn up uh, in towards the Carolinas. But, you know, right now the pattern's set up where, you know, it's either a cold front moving through or it's high pressure over us. And uh, right now we're underneath one of these really nice areas of high pressure that cover much of the east and has been just giving us uh, spectacular weather. You know, we've got temperatures, uh, high, high temperatures in the low 70s right through the end of the week and very comfortable at night with lows in the 40s and 50s. So, uh, yeah, it started out kind of chilly uh, last few days, but uh, really the rest of the week is just looking spectacular. And I guess some of these have fronts and um, movement uh, of air and things uh, like that and uh, other uh, highs and lows moving in the jet stream and so on or what I learned to, to call the, the steering currents for these hurricanes. That, that, that is, it's trying to find a way to somewhere, and in, in, in order to do it, it has to bounce off of things and go between things and, and uh, be lifted up and pulled up by things. Uh, is my meteorology faulty there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, uh, tropical systems generally, you know, they're structured differently than, say, cold fronts. Or, or wintertime low-pressure system. And, and essentially, they just get moved along and steered along by other weather patterns and other, uh, you know, wind systems. And, um, you know, if it doesn't catch a ride on the jet stream, then a lot of times they just get left to, to kind of just meander. And, and that's going to be the case, I think, here with uh, what's left of uh, Tropical Depression Ada as it moves up into the uh, Western Caribbean and then eventually the... the um, the, the, the Gulf of Mexico, eastern Gulf of Mexico. But, you know, obviously, you know, we can, we, we, we should never let our guard down, especially, you know, this hurricane season's been very busy. Um, certainly we've seen our fair share, but uh, certainly we've been lucky that we haven't had a quote-unquote big one uh, here in the Carolinas. You know, we, we have had some uh, some systems that have delivered us rain and some wind, uh, east of ESB and one of them earlier in the hurricane season. But, uh, but I think we, all in all, when we look back on this hurricane season here in the Carolinas, um, I think most people would agree we kind of lucked out, I think, uh, given how busy and active it's been. hasn't been this busy since uh, the hurricane season of 2005. But, but for us to have missed out on a real big, you know, major flood-producing, you know, destructive wind system, uh, I, think, uh, I think we've been pretty lucky this hurricane season. And uh, it's interesting, I think, to note that this is pretty much what had been prophesied as what would, would be 
see the hurricane season this year is as it would be busier than usual. More named storms, uh, more uh, storms making landfall, more hurricanes and so on, and that's pretty much what we've had. Fortunately for us, most of it has been in the Gulf of Mexico and, uh, and actually in the neighborhood of Lake Charles, Louisiana, it turns out. Uh, uh, well, that's a, good, that's a good point. While, while we have been uh, sort of lucky, other parts of the uh, U.S. coastline have been not so lucky. And can you believe it that there have been five landfalling systems on the coast of uh, Louisiana this hurricane season? Five of them. And, and at least two or three of them in the, uh, affecting, you know, the western part of uh, uh, Louisiana and the southwest corner. I mean, it's been, uh, they've, it's just been uh, unrelenting for the uh, central, north central Gulf of Mexico this hurricane season. But, uh, but, but for us, uh, we've, we've, like I said, we've been pretty lucky. Well, I'm going to take a break now. We're going to take a break. We're in this together. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. Um, warnings, warnings, preparedness, meteorologist, does that sound about right? Yeah, you got it. Is there a severe winter weather week like there is for summer and spring weather? Uh, a week when you emphasize, you know, what you do if you get an ice storm and that kind of stuff? Oh, yes, uh, indeed. And that will actually be coming up here uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, about a month's time from now, we'll be uh, recognizing uh, North Carolina's Winter Weather Preparedness Week. So uh, we've got a few weeks to go before we do that, but uh, certainly we'll be turning our attention to the uh, cooler season here shortly. Well, that's when you you will invite you to come back again, and I hope you will be able to. I was sitting watching TV while I was waiting for my evening repast the other day, and I think I was headed on the Weather Channel. Uh, I, I, that's where I go for entertainment a lot of times. Uh, uh, and they were talking about the jet stream. So do you mind when we come back talking about the jet stream for a few minutes and sort of what it does and how it acts? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be my pleasure. Absolutely. Okay. Nick Petra of the National Weather Service. Uh, we're picking his brain tonight. Uh, we're sort of in between the severe weather seasons. Uh, Meteorological winter begins, I think, on December 1st, and astronomical winter begins about December 21st, I believe, about the time of uh, of Christmas. And we like to have Nick come by, and usually it's 10 or 12 uh, times uh, a week, uh, no, about a week a month. And we sort of never really get tired of talking about the weather. And we'll be back with Nick Petro right after this. I was talking with uh, John Seller, our producer, about the clocks uh, that I watch on the computer. And one of them threw me a curveball last week. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service is with us tonight. And, uh, Nick, we, we might want also later tonight to talk about how, you know, weather around the country. I know I may be throwing you curveballs, but uh, the fires in the West and the fact that some moisture is moving in and may. Uh, may affect that, and it's time for the snow to come, and the snow has already come. John, John Seller, our producer, pointed out to me, to Minneapolis, uh, uh, it was snowing up there, I think, two or three weeks ago, uh, earlier than usual. But I asked you to talk about the jet stream, and uh, there was, uh, on the thing I was watching on the Weather Channel, channel there was a very strong uh, jet stream coming down from western Canada and bringing coolness, uh, and then it, then it went dipped up, it's like a uh, a roller coaster. It dipped back up and went across the Ohio Valley and up into the northeast. But 
what causes the jet stream, I guess, is what I'm asking. For sure, yeah. So the jet stream is basically um, separates um, temperature differences, uh, air masses. So um, typically, the, the greater the difference in the temperature, um, there's, a, there's a, a, a sort of a reaction, a reflex in the atmosphere that uh, uh, causes uh, winds to increase. Um, you know, certainly um, there's a lot of other factors, too. The, the, you know, the, um, it's part of the global circulation in that um, the sun heats the planet um, differently. So, in other words, uh, places on the planet with more direct sunlight uh, such as the equator region in the tropics, you know, get, get more direct sunlight and uh, versus the north and south pole, um, as you get up towards the Arctic region and Antarctic region in the southern hemisphere, uh, get very uh, uh, much less uh, direct sunlight and uh, thanks to the tilt of the earth, and therefore um, it's, it's colder. But it's also uh, the thickness of the, of the atmosphere is, is much shallower um, there's basically not as much of an atmosphere where it's colder. It's cold. It's cold air is dense and likes to hug the ground versus warm air, which uh, spreads out. And uh, so, so, so the atmosphere is much thicker, much taller, if you will, over uh, warmer parts of the planet versus shallower over colder parts of the planet. And, and in, in the Earth's attempt to balance all that out, um, you have air masses that sort of uh, basically migrate around the planet, and, uh, and the difference in these uh, air masses um, basically uh, helps to arrange the, the wind and the separation of the cold air. You get these belts of wind uh, that separate the uh, cold air to the north and the warm air to the south in the northern hemisphere. And uh, so the jet stream, you know, that carries air masses around the planet. It also helps to um, uh, set the stage for... Uh, what we call uh, ascent in the atmosphere, where air rises and creates uh, uh, areas of lower pressure near the surface. So, um, so, so it's a it's a complex system, but uh, certainly the jet stream we like to track it because that's where the weather typically occurs. Uh, precipitation occurs along it, and the jet stream drives uh, the air mass changes as well, and uh, particularly in the in the form of uh, uh, cold front. Uh, uh, you know, uh, basically changing air masses and cold fronts that sweep across the area. So, uh, so certainly, um, you know, currently right now, uh, we're seeing a jet stream that's, um, uh, uh, that's basically uh, north of the U.S.-Canadian border. Um, there is a little dip in it. There's these waves in the jet stream. Um, but generally, the coldest air right now uh, north of the jet stream, as you as I pointed out earlier, is locked up into uh, Canada right now. Now, is it, is it it's sort of a case of the hot and cold uh, masses of air seeking to equalize things? Is that part of what's going on here with the with the creation of the of the movement in the jet stream? Well, the, the jet stream helps uh, basically move those uh, air masses around the planet, and and as they uh, take dips. And uh, we call the dips in the jet stream uh, trough. And as the jet stream uh, rises, uh, there's uh, uh, ridges in the jet stream where, uh, you know, winds are, are from the southwest on the west side and, and northwest on the east side. We have these ridges in the atmosphere um, typically occur uh, where the, the air is warmer 
and the atmosphere is much thicker. So, and 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 the depth of the atmosphere is, is greater, and, and therefore we have these uh, ridges. And typically, you uh, tend to have very nice weather uh, underneath these ridges and in drier air masses. Versus uh, in these dips in the jet stream, uh, it's typically cooler, uh, wetter, um, cloudier, and that's where we have our precipitation. Now, at any given point in time, there's typically five of these uh, trough and ridge couplets, if you will, that uh, rotate around the planet or around the hemispheres, the northern hemisphere, for example. Uh, there's typically about five of these uh, large-scale uh, trough and ridge waves. Um, now, embedded within these uh, large uh, trough and ridge waves, you can have shorter wavelength uh, waves shorter wavelength uh, weather disturbances that uh, we, we just call them short wavelength uh, troughs and ridges, which can uh, also, uh, you know, basically bring, oftentimes we, we refer to these as just weather disturbances because uh, I'm going really deep into the weeds here tonight on tonight's show in terms <laughs> of the science. But, 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 you know, in terms of just describing day-to-day weather, you know, we don't generally get into that depth of the science. Um, so instead of, uh, you know, describing it, you know, in our writings, uh, on our website, instead of describing it as a short wavelength trough, uh, we sometimes just generically refer to them as weather disturbances, but, uh, but they're, they're increases or dips in the jet stream, um, that can help drive a uh, large scale ascent. Uh, and, and, you know, you might remember back, uh, to, uh, grade school, remember in grade school, we learned about. Um, the, uh, the water cycle, um, and, uh, you know, where, you know, you have, uh, you know, water that evaporates from rivers and lakes and streams and oceans, and then it rises and it cools and it condenses into water droplets, which then go on and create clouds and then precipitation. And then once that process continues and the clouds, uh, you know, develop precipitation, it becomes too heavy then it falls out and it precipitates out. And then that rainwater that, that uh, you know, is, is, uh, falls upon, upon the, the land is then uh, collects and then it runs back into the streams and, and the whole system repeats. Well, on the, on the very beginning stages of that cycle, the water cycle, you have rising air. And that's so important to have uh, create clouds and precipitation. If the air is not rising, uh, that's basically the mechanism to create clouds and precipitation. Big time. Yes. If we were in the pub, we'd be calling time because it's time to take the news. You get to continue right after this. 933 at WCPS. I'm here, 8680 and FM 98.5. This is the point where we usually do a little promoing. Tomorrow night is going to be a nostalgia night, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to wax nostalgic about. I was waxing nostalgic today because of something I'd seen on television about... Uh, one of the topics that we've covered sometime in the past, and that is, how did you propose? How did you pass the ring on, or that sort of thing? And uh, I think what I was watching was somebody getting engaged on the jumbotron, and how that may not be as uh, pleasant as one might think it would be. But uh, think about how you accomplished that—that uh, that, that, the business of getting engaged—and or we might do something else. But that—that's—that's that, that's where where I am right now. 
Friday night, of course, will be Friday night trivia. Monday night, Dr. Mike Walden will be back for his update on the the economy in the month of November. With an update on the weather in the month of November, it's Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, which, of course, is located on the Centennial Campus of North Carolina State University. And uh, Nick comes to visit us and has. Uh, we're pretty close to, well, we're nine years with, with Nick now, pretty close to ten years. And uh, we uh, talk about the weather. And occasionally Rod Gonski, one of his predecessors at the National Weather Service, visits with us too. So we have plenty of discussion of the weather. Part of it, I guess, is that when I was a kid, I wanted to be a meteorologist. And this is the way that I can practice meteorology without a license. And Nick, you were talking about the the jet stream. I don't know if you had finished that or not, but uh, uh, if you haven't, you, I'm going to pass it back to you. And eventually, I would like for you to talk about uh, the predictions. I think they came out uh, uh, about three weeks ago about what the winter is going to look like in the United States, and, and particularly for the southeastern United States. Yeah, absolutely. So. Just to kind of wrap up, uh, you know, what we were talking about before the break, um, the jet stream pretty much uh, drives the weather um, around the planet. It sets the stage for storm systems. It separates cold air from warm air. Um, and uh, basically, you know, when, when the jet stream dips south, it turns colder. When the jet stream goes north, uh, it generally gets warmer. So, you know, as we, as we look through the, the rest of, uh, of this week, uh, the jet stream uh, it's uh, set to basically uh, lift to the north and, and essentially uh, north of the Great Lakes even. So that's going to put us in a, in a moderating trend. And uh, as I kind of alluded to when the show first started, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're in this uh, weather pattern that has high pressure right over us. And, and that's typically the case when the jet stream lifts, by, uh, lifts well to our north is we're under high pressure. And that generally gives us funny weather. Uh, maybe partly cloudy conditions at times or at night and in a gradual moderation. And I think uh, by week's end, we're going to be in the mid-70s uh, with uh, plenty of sunshine. I don't really see a change in this pattern until uh, really until we get into maybe the middle of next week when uh, finally the jet stream will dip south again and try to uh, push a, a cold frontal system through our area. So um, so look for, uh, just uh, enjoy the next week. You know, it's the, some of the best weather we have here in the Carolinas um, well, occurs in the, in the month of October and November. So it we're seems like this it. has been a uh, the weather of this year has been been moderate uh, uh, and, and a little, little on the warmer side than usual. Not not that there haven't been cold nights and so on, but uh, has there been any talk around the water cooler at the weather service? Uh, and you guys get together and shoot the bull about the weather that this might be the case that this might be one of the warmer years lately. Um, you know, so far, um, I haven't really looked up too much at the statistics of, you know, where, where we are at, um, seasonally, um, you know, so for instance, at, uh, Raleigh-Durham International Airport, we've, we have, um, you know, three, um, basically sites, uh, across, uh, central North Carolina where we keep, uh, uh, climate specifics. And, uh, so, uh, for instance, in October, um, we averaged about three degrees uh, above normal. Uh, so, you know, October was kind of warm. September was, uh, believe it or not, was actually about a degree and a half below normal. So September was uh, cooler. As we, as, as you might remember, the summer 
Um, you know, it was uh, kind of hot at times. Uh, August uh, gave us about a degree and a half above normal. But remember, the, the real heat uh, where we kind of baked, <laughs> so to speak, uh, was uh, 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 July there was about two, two and a half degrees uh, above normal. You might remember the, the summer started out kind of on the school side. Uh, June uh, average came in about a little bit below normal, about a half degree. So, you know, you know, some months are cooler than normal. Some months are a little bit above normal. Um, I think we'll probably average in the long run for the year, maybe just slightly above normal uh, for 2020. They do. Uh, the people at the National Weather Service do this. And I suspect that there are other meteorological organizations that, that do it, much like they do for the question of hurricane season. And uh, it seems like I read maybe about three weeks ago that the prognosis for this winter is that it will be, uh, uh, in, in, at least in the southeast, a little, uh, maybe a little wetter and a little warmer. And I don't remember about the rest of the country, but it seems like if you drew a line across the middle of the country and the upper half was going to be a little more on the chilly side than that than the, the part below the, the line. Does that uh, ring a bell with you? That sounds about right. Um, so, so, you know, with, uh, NOAA's climate prediction center, um, which is obviously a, a sort of a sister office, if you will, of our office in Raleigh, um, it's one of our, uh, national centers, um, the, the climate prediction center looks more at the longer range, you know, in our local office in Raleigh, we kind of make predictions for the next seven days, but we kind of stop there at day seven. Uh, once you get beyond day seven. Uh, we start looking into more of the climate patterns rather than uh, just day-to-day jet stream pattern. Um, so, uh, so anyway, the Climate Prediction Center, who issues our more longer-range predictions, uh, did put out a winter outlook um, there in about mid-October, so uh, a few weeks ago. And the prediction uh, shows uh, that the odds favor above or warmer than normal conditions for the uh, meteorological winter, which is uh, basically December, January, and February. So doesn't necessarily, you know, when we say odds favor, you know, warmer than normal conditions, it's not a slam dunk. It doesn't, you know, that it's going to be, you know, a hot a hot winter or even a warmer than normal winter. It just means, you know, there's um, better than, you know, uh, uh, the, the greatest when you put you know, what's the likelihood of above normal, likelihood of below normal, or likelihood of near normal? The, the greatest likelihood is sort of in that above normal bin, if you will. So it doesn't mean that, you know, there, there's still a, a possibility, I suppose, that, um, you know, the temperatures could 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 still come in at or below normal for, for time uh, this winter. But when, you, when we get to April and we kind of look back and say, okay, what was the winter of 2020, 21, uh, how do we, how do we fare? I think most people will say, you know what? It was a probably above normal temperature. Um, so, so odds favor that doesn't mean we won't have a cold front or two here and there that give us, you know, pauses in that warmth and, and actually put us in very cold conditions that could come at, at times. But generally speaking, the bulk of the winter should favor uh, a little bit warmer than normal. When it comes to precipitation, um, the expectation favors um, above normal precipitation across the northern half of the U.S. and below normal precipitation across the southern half. And the way the lines are drawn on the map here, uh, North Carolina is 
tends to favor below normal or drier than normal precipitation. So again, doesn't mean we're not going to have, you know, wet uh, events or even maybe a snowy or icy event here and there. It just means the bulk of the winter should end up being a little bit drier than normal. Hey, I can remember a couple of three years ago we had a winter that was said to be like uh, you're talking about a slightly warmer perhaps, but I can also remember going out one night. I had a guest who came, and we were in the studio at that time, and when we went out it was uh, six degrees above zero, and we both remarked on, you know, that I thought it was supposed to be warmer during this winter, but there are going to be days or weeks when uh, when things are going to be a little bit different, but uh, but as you say, uh, uh, that was there the aberration there there the difference while the general I guess the word they use these days is trending the trending will be toward uh, toward a warmer situation uh, we're going to pause I've sort of guided you and asked you questions tonight and so on if there is uh, my my uh, interviewer's handbook says uh, you know when you take your last commercial break and you've got a little time left you say to your guest uh, Mr Petro. Uh, you, uh, is there anything we haven't covered that you, you want to talk about, you know, uh, about uh, access to the, the National Weather Service through electronic means, the Skywarn service, or whatever uh, that you, you might like to talk about uh, when we can do that and, and have an easygoing conversation? But we'll do that, Nick. You choose after we follow up uh, uh, with this commercial break. CBS, Tom here. Uh, after a night off uh, for the coverage of the national election results last night, we're back with uh, Nick Petra of the National Weather Service, a regular guest and friend of ours who drops in uh, about once a month for the, most of the last six or eight months. Uh, Nick and I have been talking as a lot of other people on the telephone, and Nick is one of the people I always enjoyed uh, having in the studio, because, and it's better to, to, to talk to somebody and do an interview when you're in the studio because you can make eye contact, but uh, I, of course, had a little bit of an accident and don't get around quite as well, and the other thing is the coronavirus uh, is limited where we can go and should go, and so uh, we're doing the interviews on the telephone, and you have to sort of build a different kind of relationship there, but Nick, uh, as you can tell if you listen tonight, does that's fine. He's a good talker. Uh, uh, and so, Nick, we're back now. And uh, uh, anything particularly that you want to talk about concerning uh, the coverage of the weather in and, and, and North Carolina? Well, certainly, um, you know, just uh, want to remind folks uh, a couple things. Uh, first off, uh, we're, we're not done with the hurricane season just yet. Now, that, that's not a prediction as much as it's just a hey, you know what, you should always be thinking that, you know, just because the weather's good now doesn't mean that things can't, uh, can't change on the dime, you know. Um, the weather, Mother Nature's going to do what Mother Nature's going to do. So, uh, so sometimes, uh, you know, we just, we just we always have to be uh, ready and prepared for any type of hazardous weather. And I will point out, too, uh, one interesting thing is that, you know, there's, uh, we, we always talk about the traditional severe weather season um, being in the spring, in the in early summer, where we see, you know, the most likely time of the year where we're going to have tornadoes and severe weather, damaging wind, thunderstorms, and that sort of thing. But I, I, I bet most people probably don't realize, uh, most listeners might, might be surprised to know that there's a secondary peak in the severe weather season, and it happens 
to occur in November across the Carolinas. There's a there's a secondary peak in the severe weather season. Um, so in addition to the typical one in spring, we have a secondary peak in November. And that's because the seasons are changing. And whenever we have changing seasons, and we do see these uh, earlier, we talked uh, extensively about the jet stream, um, you know, that uh, during the month of November, we, you know, start to see these cooler air masses move in. We just had one the other day where, you know, in fact, the last couple of mornings, it's been kind of chilly. Well, as these cooler air masses come through, we oftentimes get pretty powerful cold fronts. So, uh, and, and with the passage of the, some of these cold fronts, we can have outbreaks of severe weather. And again, not, not, I'm not predicting, this isn't a prediction. I'm not saying that, you know, there's a, an outbreak of severe weather around the corner. But what I am saying is, uh, climatologically speaking, uh, we tend to see an uptick of, of, a brief uptick in severe weather uh, during the month of November. So I just want to remind folks to always have your severe weather plan um, reviewed and at hand and ready to implement in case, um, just know where you're going to go in case there's a round of bad thunderstorms. That's, that's the main thing uh, to keep in mind. And finally, um, you know, uh, winter is right around the corner. So uh, in about a month from now, we'll be having, um, you know, uh, winter weather preparedness week in North Carolina. But it's never too soon to get your storm kit prepared. Oftentimes the biggest threat in the wintertime is being stuck at home for a while uh, when there's a bad ice storm and prolonged power outages and that sort of thing. But make sure you want to, you know, have your supplies and your kits uh uh, storm kits rounded up and, and, and refreshed for the upcoming winter season. Nick, can you hear me, Nick? Absolutely. A uh, couple of things uh, apropos of what you were talking about. One, about November as, a, as a, also a time of rough weather, we must remember that uh, I think it was 1988, you would know, uh, we had a tornado on November 28th, and that's yes. thought to be outside the normal normally. Normally our tornadoes are in the spring and the early summer, you know, I think. Uh, but uh, they say, uh, I don't know who they are, by the way, uh, that tornadoes can occur any season of the year. And that was probably the last really serious tornado to hit Raleigh was in, in November of uh, 1988. And it was the last week. It was, it was, it was after Thanksgiving, I believe. And uh, the other thing is, I've noticed that the kit that you prepare to carry you through the hurricane season, you know, food and batteries and supplies, looks an awful like the kit that you have in the winter for the when the power's out and the uh, in the you know it's a little chilly and maybe the stove's not working and so on. So uh, we just kind of rotate some of the stuff in the pantry and we have our kits ready to go again. That's a good point. It's always definitely a good good idea to kind of check and make sure see if there's anything that's fired in your kit and certainly, uh, you know, refresh things that may have uh, gotten kind of stale or expired. It's too late then to go looking for batteries. I know I have done that, and I, I try to keep a supply of AA batteries on because it seems like everything I've got works on AA batteries. But uh, that way you can, you know, uh, hear from somewhere, from, for us, say, from WPTF, uh, what the state of the weather is and if there is a tornado, when it has passed on through, and I've literally gone to my basement and used it for that person. Now, there are, Absolutely. one of the things that the National Weather Service has that I really like is your website. And, and and one of the first things I do every morning is go in and click on the computer and find out what the temperature is, what it's supposed to be that day, and indeed the days for the rest of the week. And if it's hurricane season, 
I click on hurricanes and see, you know, where the cone is and, and, and so on. But there's a lot. One could bury one in the information on that website if one really likes weather and wants to know what's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing, too, when there, when there's really big, impactful weather events, whether it's a hurricane or winter storm or severe weather outbreak, we uh, oftentimes prepare these uh, weather briefings that are custom to each weather event. And, um, you know, we just prepare them in, uh, in, in PowerPoint. And, you know, oftentimes there's several slides. But if there's a big weather event going on, typically we'll, we'll, um, we'll highlight that on the very top of our webpage. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, and, and like you said, even when the weather's good, there's tons of weather information that you could really, really uh, um, enjoy and, and kind of get buried in. Uh, weather.gov slash Raleigh, that's the address, weather.gov slash Raleigh. And I don't know what you call it, but the updates that you give that have a media connection, and you know what I'm talking about, I find those very helpful and, 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 and can, well, I can tell my wife what she wants to know, whether it's going to snow or rain or whatever, but I do, and, and and doing this, you know, I'm able to speak about the weather. Well, Nick, we've used up the time again, and I want you to, to be safe, and and uh, we'll be in touch with you in the not-too-distant future to talk about your coming in some date in connection with the winter uh, weather preparedness week. Not necessarily that week if it's inconvenient, but sometimes so that you can put out the word on that. And thanks so much for being with us tonight. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks okay. again. Take care. Nick Petro from the National Weather Service, uh, always helpful with us, explaining to you what the weather is doing and what it's all about and what we can look forward to. And so we will, in fact, feel safer as we go about in the world. Tomorrow night is going to be a nostalgia night.